The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. What's going on, guys and gals? And thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Busted Open After Dark Podcast. With me, Uncle Bully, I'm back. Did you miss me? Of course you did. Uh, Tonight on tap, Jack Perry, RVD, FTW rules. I'm going to break down the whole match, tell you what I liked, and one or two things that I didn't like. And did they get the job done? Also, Hardys, Young Bucks, tag action. The Young Bucks hit a Dudley death drop? They hit a 3D? How dare they? How do you think I felt about it? Tune into the podcast and I'll let you know right here on the Busted Open After Dark podcast. Yeah. First thing I want to do tonight is congratulate AEW. Now, I don't know these exact numbers for all in because too many different sites and too many different know-it-alls are reporting this many sold, this many comps, this many distributed. I don't know. I just know that they're doing really, really well. I heard a report that they have gone past what the WWE did for SummerSlam. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the exact numbers, but by the time that evening comes in the end of August, all in is probably going to be at about, I don't know, 84, 85,000 seats, maybe more. Hopefully for them, it's more. But congratulations to AEW because that is going to be one hell of a night in the UK at Wembley for All In. Some more matches announced tonight. I liked what they did what with the women's division. And I guess we should all be applauding whoever held that sign up in the crowd about three weeks ago that said book the women's division better because obviously Tony Khan has listened. Is it hot shot booking? I don't think it's hot shot booking. Is it a knee jerk reaction? Maybe it is a knee jerk reaction, but hopefully a positive knee jerk reaction. I like this little mini tournament that we're getting with, you know, with the three different matches. And then at all in, we're going to have a four way for the women's championship currently held by Hikaru Shida, 
who just defeated Anna Jay in the main event. That's two weeks in a row that the women have main evented Dynamite and gotten out of that dreaded 923 spot that everybody likes to talk about. Hopefully the ratings for the women are going uh, in their favor and Tony is not forced to take them out of any potential main event spots in the future. I know that uh, Dave and Mickey and Tommy had a good spirited conversation today about the state of women's wrestling of all the different companies, given some constructive criticism. I thought it was a good convo. Uh, so I thought the ladies uh, did well, and I'm interested to see who moves on. I Obviously, I think Soraya is going to move on because it's going to be a monster show in England, her home. Uh, I don't know specifically if it's her hometown, but her home country. Uh, uh, Sheeta is definitely moving on. Uh, Tony Storm has the buy, and I'm assuming that Brit moves forward also. What would I like to see happen? It's simple, and I've said it on Busted Open before. I think you put the championship on Brit, and I think you bring Thunder Rosa back. Thunder Rosa and Brit Baker is your money in the women's division. It has been since the very first day those women stepped in a ring together. That's what I would like to see. That's if I had the pencil. And I don't care what personal problems people had, what professional problems people had. This is the wrestling business, the pro wrestling business. Toughen up, buttercup, have some thick skin, and let's get some business going because that's what the fans want to see. Uh, let's dig in to Dynamite tonight a little bit. The Hardys versus the Young Bucks. How dare the Young Bucks use the 3D, the Dudley Death Drop, on one of the Hardys only to get a two count, a false finish? Somebody kicked out of the 3D? Sacrilege, I tell you, sacrilege. So many of you hit me up on the old Twitter machine and like, oh my God, we got to see what Bully's going to say. Oh my God, what's Bully going to think? Oh my God, Bully's head's going to blow off. You know what I thought about it? I'll let you know later on in the show. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tease it because I have some real strong feelings about the Young Bucks using the 3D. Very strong feelings. And I'm going to let you know a little later on in the show. But what I'd like to really kick off with and talk with you guys about is Jack Perry versus Mr. Wednesday Night, Rob Van Dam. Jack Perry comes to the ring first, and I didn't understand why Jack was wearing yellow and black. Stick with the orange and black, Jack. Ooh, that rhymes. Stick with the orange and black, Jack. Because um, that is a sore spot for Taz. If it's a sore spot for Taz, it's going to be a sore spot for Hook. So I like the fact that Jack was dragging that FPW championship again. If I was him, I'd be dragging it even further. I'd be scraping the faceplate on the floor. 
That's how much I would be dragging it. I would be dragging it the way Naito used to drag the intercontinent, uh, the New Japan Intercontinental Championship. I would be throwing it around. I would just throw it at the ring post. I'd piss on it. That's how I would treat that FTW Championship. Um, and then we get RVD's entrance. Kudos to Tony, who does a great job buying original music, bought the uh, the rights to walk again, got the people up on their feet. Uh, Rob's over. Rob is a ECW legend. Rob is a, a WWE Hall of Famer. Everybody knows Rob Van Dam. Got a great reaction. But Rob was wearing yellow also yellow and red with hints of black and i couldn't understand why both guys were basically wearing the same colors it's a tiny little thing but old school wrestling you learn don't wear the same colors in the ring jack should have stuck to the orange and black um the match starts i thought the guys did a very good uh, excuse me good job it was an entertaining match they got the business done uh, Jack is going to move on. Lots of good stuff in there. Use of the chairs, use of the table. Nothing crazy, nothing over the top, nothing that I haven't seen or you guys have probably seen before. Uh, just an FTW rules type of match. FTW rules, basically no disqualifications. The rules are there ain't no rules. We're racing for pinks. It's the second bridge and back. That's a Grease reference, as we all know, better than Grease 2. Grease 2 sucks, and so does LaGreca's opinions on Grease. Um, there were some people on social media who were asking me about the ref bump. They're like, if it's an FTW rules match and there's no DQ, why do you need the ref bump? Well, you need the ref bump so the ref is not there to count Rob Van Dam hitting the five-star frog splash on Jack. Obviously, the people counted to like, you know, 15 before Aubrey runs in, starts the three count, and Jack kicks a two and a half. It protects RVD's finish. And now Jack can go on and always say that he kicked out of the five-star. So Jack kicks out of the five-star. RVD can't believe it. Jack crawls up behind him. Nut shots him, rolls him up. We get the one, two, three. They did not reinvent the wheel on this finish, but it worked. And why does a finish that we've seen a hundred times over work? It's because of the characters involved. And it's because of the story that those characters are telling in the match. You, you love Rob Van Dam and you hate Jack Perry. And you're seeing a finish that you've seen over the past, I don't know, 20, 30 years being rinsed and recycled, and you're still responding to it. Just listen to the people in the arena. They were responding to it. Uh, it really worked. It felt to me like once the match was over, that the story of the ECW guys was over. And that's just fine. Whether or not they're going to pick this up again next week, I have no idea. I would have loved to have seen Jack take that FTW championship and walk up the ramp and dangle it right in front of Taz's face, laugh in Taz's face, 
that that would have just been that next layer of heat that I think he could have benefited from. I don't think anybody thought that Rob Van Dam was going to win tonight. I, I mean, not at all. That, but kudos to them for giving them that little five-star moment where it looked like he had a chance. I would have went up there. I would have held it and rubbed it in Taz's face. Now, here's the good and here's the bad. It's more heat for Jack, but when you do that, you slowly reel Taz back into the story. And as I've stated, you want Taz as the peas and carrots of this story. I don't even know if you want him as the peas and carrots. You want him as garnish. You want him as like kale and a radish. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to have to consume too much of Taz in the story because just because it's Taz, he will command the story. People will want to see Taz dump Jack on his head, or they'll want to see Taz choke Jack out. I'm sure we're going to be getting Hook back involved in the story. Hopefully we get Hook versus Jack at Wembley. I mean, what a moment that will be for those young guys to be able to wrestle in front of upwards of 85,000 people in Wembley. If that's where they decide to do it, that's the where when they decide to pay it off for hook. I don't know. Like if I was in a booking meeting, I could probably make an argument for why you should keep the FTW championship on tat on, um, on Jack Perry. I could also make an argument for why you would uh, take it off of him. They got a big show coming up in New York at Arthur Ashe again in September, which is Taz's backyard, which is Hook's backyard. So maybe that's the right place to do it. Extend this story just a little bit. A lot of the people out there, a lot of fans out there want to see them continue down the ECW road. It's, it's a slippery slope. It can be done. Right guys involved, all in the best interest of Jack Perry. So uh, much like a lot of the other things that I saw tonight, other than maybe one or two things, uh, I enjoyed the segment between RVD and Jack Perry. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Well, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. It's John foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last crunch berry. No! No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey everyone, it's Howard Bender from the Andy Up Podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. How much heat do you think the young bucks have with me? How much heat do you think Nick and Matt Jackson have with me right now? By the way, we went back and looked at Jeff Hardy at the end of the match. Looks like he's fine. I looked at it. Ariel looked at it. Andre looked at it. Looked like he was fine. Hopefully he was fine. Hopefully we're not finding out any, any bad news about Jeff. Um, but he looked fine to us. Back to the heat. The Young Bucks used the Dudley Death Drop tonight. A move that I invented in 1996. A move that everybody knows, once you get hit with it, you don't move. You get pinned. And you sell it forever. And the only guy that's ever kicked out of it was Chris Saban. Now, we've seen lots of teams over the years try to master the 3D, the Dudley Death Drop. Um, Tenzin and Kojima actually use it in Japan and have been using it for like 15 years. Obviously, the Usos, the one and done, have been using it. 
And now we see the Bucks. But tonight, one of the Hardys kicked out of the 3D. And you people let me know about it on social media. So here we go. Nick and Matt. Dear Nick and Matt Jackson, I'd like to have a word with you. If you ever, and I mean ever, hit the 3D again on anybody, it better be as good as you hit it tonight. Bravo, gentlemen, bravo, bravo. Great job, great job. I loved it. They did it perfectly. They, they did it once before. They did it about two years ago. I think maybe this was right around when COVID hit. There was a big match. Like It was like FTR, the Bucks. Uh, I'm not exactly sure all the teams that were involved, but all of the tag teams were hitting all of the, you know, like legendary tag team finishes. Like the Road Warriors finish was in there. The Steiners finish was in there. Our finish was in there. Uh, so I remember use, them using it once before, but they used it tonight against the Hardys. I mean, we've hit the 3D on the Hardys. I, I can't even count how many times. Uh, they never kicked out of it though, Nick and Matt. So when I see you guys, we're going to have a word. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I loved it. I appreciate it. Um, I, I, I have no problem with anybody ever using me and Devon's finishing move or my finishing move. To me, it's it's flattering. Uh, if we were talking to Dreamer, it would be fattering. But to me, it's flattering. Ariel is popping so huge right now. I wish you could see the smile on her face. I know she's dying. Um, so yeah, I, it, it, great job, guys. And now for the breakdown of the match. I don't know how you guys felt, but man, it's the Bucks and the Hardys on TV for the first time. Cause I think they had one match on pay-per-view. It didn't have this big match feel to it. In my eyes, we got both entrances. We got both teams in the ring. We get the bell ringing. We're right into action. It's like fast, 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 fast. I would have liked to have seen these guys been able to take their time and just milk it a little bit more in the ring. I, I was, I, I felt like we should have gotten some more pomp and circumstance out of this. They worked a traditional tag team match, which I really, really liked. And let's just say that Matt and Jeff have slowed down a click. Well, the Bucks working the Hardy style is what's best for business tonight. Because if the Hardys had to work the Bucks, you know, million mile a minute style tonight, it might not have gone as well. So I, I thought the match was good. I, I just, like I said, I would have liked just a little bit more on the front and a little bit more on the back. Now, I know we got the showdown with FTR and the Bucks. People were very much into that. Um, we're going to get that at all in. That tag team match should be absolutely phenomenal. I think people at all in will be chanting, this is awesome before the match even starts. And I'm not a, I really don't care about the, this is awesome chance. It's just something that people do these days. Um, but I think they'll be chanting like, actually, I think the, the fans of Wembley are going to be going ballistic 
all night long. So good, good match from those guys. What they do with the Hardys going from here, I'm not quite sure. Matt and Jeff are a great team, a legendary team, a Hall of Fame uh, uh, tag team. Guys that obviously I've been involved in wrestling history with. I'm just wondering, do the Hardys get featured anymore? Or are they kept around to help other teams get over? Like, I remember when me and Devon went back to the WWE in 2015-16, Vince McMahon told us right to our face. There was no question about it. Guys, the New Day, the Usos, and the Wyatts, I want you working with all three of these teams and getting them to the next level. I just didn't agree with the way WWE went about it. I think AEW will go about it a lot better with the Hardys. Do we see one last championship run with the Hardys? I don't know. Maybe. But tonight, I thought, went well um, for all the teams involved. I thought that the Hardys against the Bucks should have went on first tonight. I didn't think it should have been the Jericho Appreciation Society. I think Hardys and Bucks would have had a little bit more of that pomp and circumstance behind it if they were the first segment out of the gate. The Jericho um, in-ring, although it went well, was kind of a downer in a way because of everybody just turning their back on Chris and saying, I'm out, I'm out, you know, poor Jake Hager, love that damn hat. Can't wear it anymore. I would have put that on second, start off hot. I mean, the minute the show came on the air, the Jericho Appreciation Society was in the ring. So they wanted to get right down to business which is fine. I just would have liked to have seen that with the Hardys and the Bucks. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, well, Dad, we're on. Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.